Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Phil Jones. Phil, thank you very much for joining me. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Um, tired, as we were just discussing yeah. before we called and um, yeah, testing my patience. You know what, that, okay, this is going to go a bit off, off script now, but you've got three children, right? You've got one who's four weeks old. I imagine there's lots of other estate agents and business owners out there listening to this who are in a similar um, situation. Like, what's one tip you could give to them to make sure you you keep a a balance there? Do you know what I mean? That you're you're looking after your family, but you're also looking after the business as well. How how do you how do you cope with that? Yeah, this is probably advice myself as well. <laughs> um, I would say that there is no such thing as a balance it's never ever gonna gonna work someone is gonna lose out and you can always catch up the business I think people um, overestimate what the impact of uh, them being away from the business will do and maybe underestimate the impact of what being away from your family would do so um, try and uh, try your best to position it where you're with your family and when you, when you're with your family you are with your family yeah, uh, something that um, I definitely need to improve where there's no point in, I mean, my wife's asking me to spend some time at home at the moment, but when I'm at home, I'm still got my Mac open and got my phone on me. I'm answering calls and it's not really helpful for either party. Yeah. So, so what I'd say is spend uh, more time than you think you need at home and less time than you, than you think you need at work. But when you're at home, make sure you're actually at home and, and with the kids and, and phone down and Love that. So whichever one it is, whether it's home life or work, be fully immersed in that one and don't get distracted. Um, I've, I've, I found myself having having dinner last night. And I, I like to get irritated at myself. having dinner with my girlfriend and like the dopamine hit of a notification coming through. Oh, I just need to WhatsApp that client. It's like, no, what are you doing? It's, mm-hmm. you know, 730 at night. They, they can wait half an hour. Um, so, yeah, I, I love what you said about needing to take your own advice. I'm very much um, on, on that as well. Right. First question uh, that was actually on script, Phil. I know you're a massive learner and reader, and this is going to be a hard question for you to ask. I know you have so many answers, but if there's one book you recommended estate agents should go pick up tomorrow and read to help give them some inspiration, motivation behind getting more listings, what would it be? Um, I think it's not even necessarily about listings. I think it's more about mindset, and it would be oversubscribed by Dan Priestley. Yeah. And the reason being is we're, we're almost the only industry that doesn't niche. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure why. I think it's because, well, I, 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 I do know why. It's because people come at us from all directions and we think this is great. I'm going to accept everyone. And we don't appreciate or understand the impact that's going to have on our business down the line. And reading oversubscribed really helped me in, in understanding that actually saying no to the certain people will attract the audience that you want to um, be known for. And once you are known for an audience, the fee is irrelevant. Um, your competitors are, are irrelevant. And just what you do is, is important. And therefore, um, profitability is up. Um, you don't have to have a bigger team, depending on which market you, you decide to go for. Um, and every single piece of marketing, whether it's direct mail, or whether it's email marketing, Facebook ads, whichever you decide to do, you're just talking to one section of people. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to talk to someone in a five million pound house and someone in a hundred thousand pounds in the same letter, which is 
is actually impossible. Uh, it's really interesting you, you, uh, that you said that because I, I was speaking to an estate agent, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and they were looking at doing a recently sold campaign, so social proof that they've just sold something on a street, and let's call it, uh, it was like 100 properties on that street, yeah. all different shapes and sizes. And by the end of it, looking at which ones were owner-occupied, not rented, the value of it, how long they'd live there, type of property, it, it ended with about 10. I was like, those are the 10 you want to go and write to. I said, you might do it through uh, home search or you might, because there's only 10 of them and you're maybe going and doing a measure up with the buyer, go and hand deliver it, write the envelope. Like if you if you only got 10 and you're on that street, much better to be perhaps more personalized in that, in that smaller scenario. And they said, yeah, but why don't I just send out 100, Simon? I was like, but if you send out those 10 letters saying we've sold a four bed detached, a million pound, quarter of an acre plot, 2,000 square feet, da, 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 da. It's like the 10 people reading that will feel like they're the only person who received that letter from you, mm-hmm. which is in turn going to make them feel a lot more special and probably get more chance of a response. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's a bit different from a 2020 in inverted commas uh, for our listeners, but won't see. So, yeah, we always talk about um, with any with direct mail, there's four things that you need to get over. Um, you need to make sure the, the reader feels intrigued about what, what you're saying, you need to feel informed. Um, Without information, it's kind of pointless. Uh, they need to feel motivated to, to take the next action, whatever that may be. But they need to feel targeted as if it's specifically for them. Otherwise, it, they just won't read it. And um, that is something the industry misses with, without a doubt. Um, the targeting of a specific audience with your marketing is uh, the number one thing you should start with. So just to run through those again, they need to be intrigued, there needs to be information, they need to be motivated from it, and you need it needs to be a target, yeah. Yeah, so intrigued, informed, motivated, and targeted. Those are the four things that, no matter what campaign we do, those are the, uh, the key things we look for. Cool, love that. Right, next question. Apart from your own podcast, of course, what's one podcast you recommend estate agents should be listening to? Um... That's an indirect plug for your podcast, by the way, because people are like, oh, I need to go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, um, it depends on the stage of your business. Okay. So right now, um, we're all about expansion and leadership. We've got a big team of, of around 20. And um, the challenges in our business right now is probably a lot different to a lot of people listening here. So I'm listening to a lot of leadership podcasts and talking about how to have these challenging conversations and make sure that you're not in the friend zone and, and, and all this. So, um, and that's by a guy called Jeff mask, who is, um, a, an amazing lead leadership coach. If, if you've not heard of him, um, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, huge. Fan how did you, how did you get him on your podcast? Um, well, I, I know he likes, he likes quirky things and he, he rewards entrepreneurship. So, um, I wrote him an email. So this is the power of copy. I wrote him an email with the subject line, nine minutes, 45 seconds, and said, uh, really simply, um, Gary, I need you on my podcast for nine minutes, 45 seconds. Phil, that was it. Really simple. And he, um, he replied to me straight away and said, Phil, I get over a thousand of these emails a day. Um, when do you want me? Wow. And then he posted it, um, my email all over LinkedIn and Facebook and Oh, wow. and, um, yeah, so I was getting loads of random messages from people from around the world. Um, and I'm sure loads of people tried it afterwards. But uh, yeah, it was my first email, ever email to him. And um, 
yeah, it was powerful. Do you know, it's really, again, really interesting you said that because um, um, I had Stephen Brown on as a guest and I asked him um, uh, what's one book you'd recommend to stay agents list, um, read, um, mm. sorry, and he said fanatical prospecting. And he got Jeb on his podcast and he followed Jeb's um, thought process from the book of you need to be fanatical about prospecting. So I think he tried to contact him eight times and on the ninth time he got him. So yeah. it's really interesting of like at each podcast I'm recording, you've got kind of that consistency and being fanatical about prospecting. But like you just said, the power of copy, like that one thing you could do to stand out for someone to see you who gets a thousand emails like that a day. So it just shows that there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? It's there's... yeah. And fanatical prospecting is a really good book. I recommend that as well, but you've got to understand that um, just bombarding someone with emails is actually going to push most people away. So it's, it's also um, being clever about what you're trying to do. And actually before you start the campaign to, to get whatever you want, planning it out, don't just sit there and think, well, I'll send an email a day and, and just bombard or a direct message. I mean, how many direct messages do you get on LinkedIn at the moment? Yours is probably the only direct message I've answered on LinkedIn for, for over two years. I must get 200 a day. Why, do, why did you answer mine? Um, probably because I knew you. Okay. So because your name came up and because I, I recognised the name, I, I went to it. Um, I, I got an email notification, I think. But the amount of messages I get that's, that, that I'm sure you do as well. Hey, uh, I would love to join your network. By the way, have you seen my lead magnet? Like, no, earn, you got to earn the right to sell. Yeah, and yeah. that's what people don't do. So I, I, I actually had um, someone message me on LinkedIn uh, last night and uh, it said something like we've just, um, it was a prospecting service and said, we've just got eight valuations booked in from an estate agent. Do you want to find out how we can do this for you? It's like, no, your audience, because I'm not an estate agent, haven't been for a few years. So, yeah, um, yeah interesting. Right. OK. Um, actually, I'm going to ask another question with Gary V on your podcast. Nine minutes, 45 seconds. If there's one thing you could take out of that podcast, what, what was like the best thing you think he, he said out of that? He was. Um, well, yeah, first of all, the way he, he presented himself was um, a huge learning curve. He was very considered in his okay. answer he gave he was extremely respectful um with the language he used i mean i, I was a, a no one to him really um and he he didn't i didn't feel like he was just giving me the answer that he gives to everyone he thought okay. about my situation my question and, and re really answered it um but yeah it, it's similar to what what i answered how I answered the first question here he was talking about knowing your market and, and that is the, the number one thing. Um, the market in the US is slightly different, so some of the answers yep. were, were a little bit more um, real tour based But, um, yeah, it, it was, he used some key language, language um, points that, that I took from it, and not even a sense of, of content. It was just the way he, he presented himself. That, at the very end, um, he, he said... Um, I appreciate you. And mm -hmm. first of all, yeah, he didn't have to say that. And I'm sure he doesn't, but the, the power of those words really um, stayed with me. And now I, I, I've taken that on and, and use it too. Um, Cause it's not what you say to people, is it? It's, it's how you make them feel. And, and that, that's the important thing. 
absolutely um just when you said about uh sort of america there i know you like to sort of go on your holidays to america <laughs> and uh i imagine you literally do just uh switch off from what you've just said and spend quality time with your family but when you've been over in america have you ever kind of looked at or observed any of the realtors over there and see what they do or is it very much being holiday mode no um I, i'm very much infamous my holidays and my wife and i have a deal that um i'm allowed to work as, as much as i want but every quarter we have to go on holiday and i'm totally cool with that um and we're about five and a half years in now for the first three years I don't think I had a holiday in terms of my head. It, it would never switch off. I would be checking my phone all the time. And um, and it, it gets to a position where you be, get close to burnout. And you yeah. do, and then you come back and you're not refreshed. And, and it, it's all looking back, it's all a bit stupid because you're, you're never at your best and you never perform. And people don't care if you go on holiday. And um, But to answer your question, we have, yes. Um, we've... Uh, we know some people in the US, so we've, we've visited some people. Um, I often go on holiday with Sam because obviously she's family um, and she's been around and interviewed some people. Uh, we've tried to set some people up for podcasts while we've been away, but um, they've pulled out at last minute, um, Mr. Serhant. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we always try and have a look. Um, I mean, like, like anyone, when you pass a, a foreign estate agent, you always stop and have a look and see what they do, don't you? And, the US probably do it better than most countries, mm. including including us, um, but primarily because they're marketing focused, whereas our industry seems to be more trying to be agency focused. I think that's improving, but um, yeah, that, that's one thing that I think everyone in this country should look at the, the way the US market properties and especially the photography and, and take some from them. Yeah, interesting. I uh, I interviewed someone the other day and they sort of were describing themselves as like a media agency and a news channel mm-hmm. um, for the property market. It's like we're not state agents. I was like, I really like that. Um, and again, they were preparing content. They'd said that right before they launched, they'd prepared 100 blogs, not necessarily going to use them all, but repurpose them. So social media on their website, do videos, blah, 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 blah. And again, being prepared for that, like you said earlier, it's like, well, if you know you're going to go send like 10 letters or 10 emails to someone, don't just do it for the sake of doing it and harass them. Have a like, actual plan in place, right, to progress the client. So Yeah, and a reason. And a reason, absolutely. I said, So I was um, doing some training in uh, London yesterday and uh, there are agents in the room going, but, but if I go and knock on someone's door uh, who's on the market with someone else, what do I say to them? Um, or why would I write to someone in that street? And it's like, a reason like if if something sold on my street right now for argument's sake and it got a record price for the street that estate agent should be writing to all the other owners saying did you know you've the value of your home's gone up overnight what could you do with the extra equity and i'm like ah maybe i could buy an extra bedroom an ensuite a bigger garden and all of a sudden it's kind of that again intrigue isn't it motivation and then a reason to go do something definitely um as you know, we use sales letters a hell of a lot. And um, we, uh, during lockdown, decided to write these not on the market letters, we call them. Um, and now they go out quarterly and um, they're all about stroking egos and um, being informative, but but informative towards entrepreneurship and taking advantage of opportunities. And um, they're definitely not nailed with data. Um, 
actually got to be careful with data because only 20% of people understand and like data and therefore you're alienating quite a lot of people if, you, if it's all about data. Um, people more like stories and enjoy um, little social proofs about what, what's happened and what's happening in the market and, uh, and information that's written in, in a format as opposed to just, just data. So you've got to be careful with that. But um, yeah, the Not On The Market letter is incredible for us. And that's all about informing people yeah. and controlling the narrative. Uh, we've just written our latest Not On The Market letter is all about how these are the headlines in the papers yeah, uh, um, market crash impending, uh, mm-hmm. all, all this rubbish. But actually, this is what we're seeing on the ground. You know, we, yes, um, yesterday we saw the 3.4 million. Last week we saw, saw 2.8. For that, 3 million in three weeks in the lakes. They haven't been. We haven't sold three million pound homes for five years. You know, so so where's this, this money coming from? Um, and, and that's what we talk about. And then we get the people with the five million pound houses ring up and say, "Oh, so you're selling these houses? Mm-hmm. Should we have a chat?" And then it, last week we went out to one that would worth eight million, and that, that's how it, it it sort of rolls on. It's all about um, well, I've said those, those four things. Um, on on your point there as well, not on the market, and um, to mention Firewave, I, I'm intrigued. Do you, you you obviously know how well the not on the market letters were, and you're preaching to converted here, but do you get some people? who join and whilst they're like fully like we, we trust you we're, we're fully insisted they still a bit like oh sending out all these letters to not on the market but hang on a minute these people aren't thinking of moving do you, do you get a, a bit of like pushback on that yeah it's probably um nothing more infuriating when you've got people <laughs> like harry singh yeah. uh, olivia thompson and, and loads of amazing agents posting this group um kevin parsons gets amazing results Julie Hill gets better results than we do. Um, posting this group saying that the, the, you know he's got into a three million pound house for the first time, and they, they get all these amazing fees. And and then we speak to people, um, and they've been with us for six months and haven't sent a letter. Why? And they're either um, there's always some reason they have their website's not perfect, or um, their their shop hasn't got the right sofa in yet, or uh, you know, there's some reason. And, and it's just fear, you know. There's um, progress, not perfection, is one of the most important sayings. I think that the industry needs to hear. It, it doesn't matter if you. We've got a, a guy called Ben Grace, who's an absolute. Um, I don't know if you know him. He's great. The guy, is he Nessie? Because London. Uh, he was. Oh, he was Nessie. Because yeah, right. um, he he didn't have a website, and he sent out all these letters, and um, he got into a twelve million pound house um, <laughs> with a two percent fee. So he got a quarter of a million fee off one of his letters without a website. And then there's um, Georges Verdis in Malibu next door. Yeah, he's, yeah. Saying, he's saying, I, I can't send these letters because no one's in. And, well, well, he's just done it. And he's got a quarter of a million pound fee. Why, why? And so now Georges is sending them. So yeah. it just slowly roll on, but there are still some people um, that do it. But actually Firewave now is content only. Um, okay. letters are only available in the um, AJ Mastermind, which is quite a, a new thing. Um, and within that, we've got three levels, silver, gold, and private. So silver is the sort of new agents that learn all about um, attracting and converting homes, really. Um, and the gold is all about building your team and, and um, getting yourself out of the 10-pound jobs, getting mm-hmm. yourself out of viewings. We don't, shouldn't do viewings as business owners. Um, and then the private is all about expansion and growth and new offices and leadership and 
all of that stuff. And within those, you get the letters. But yeah, yeah we don't actually, in Firewave, we don't give letters anymore. I bet you see a lot the the, the ten pound task you just mentioned. You must have so many business owners come to you, and when you break it down, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm doing so many ten pound tasks, not the dollar productive activities." The, the industry wears it as a badge of honor. Yeah, that they do viewings for their high end clients, and I cannot for the life of me work it out. If Barack Obama walks into McDonald's, the the manager doesn't come and flip the burger. You know, it. it it's the only industry where it happens. And um, I mean, even if I, if an owner of an 8 million pound house asked me to do the viewings, I am not the best person in this building to do viewings. If I was, I shouldn't be sat in this office at the top of the building. You know, we train people and we hire the right people in order to be able to do these viewings and speak to the footballers we get and the celebrities and the entrepreneurs and all these people. That's what their job is. It's not, um, it's not what I'm good at and it's not why I'm here. And um, I think the industry um, has a challenge with the difference between an, a world-class estate agent and a world-class business owner. And, and these people struggle to move from one to the other. And the frustrating thing um, is that you can be a world-class estate agent and an average business owner and the average business owner is probably earning double than the world-class estate agent. Mm. And that's where I think people need to change their, their mindset slightly. Yeah, that is really interesting. And again, you've circled all the way back to start about mindset, isn't it? It is very much about mindset. Like you said about Ben and um, uh, George, uh, one's gone in, no website, 12 million pound house, 2% fee. And the other one, uh, and by the way, hello, George, if you're listening, absolute legend. Uh, yeah. But he's gone. It's 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 empty. But it's like no, you need to go. You need to go with a plan of action of this will work. It will not fail, and you're increasing your chances of it working. Look, it still might not work, but just give it a go. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, still got time for a couple more questions, Phil. We're all good. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Okay. Um, on this one, uh, I'm really interested to, to know what your answer is. So, um, Ashdown Jones has been how many years now? Three. Oh, five and a half. Five and a half, bloody hell. Okay, I've missed that a couple of years during COVID. <laughs> so um, I hear a lot of uh, what you've said about kind of the journey, as cliche as that sounds, um, of Ashdown Jones. If you had your time again uh, and opened it, what's one thing you'd do differently? Yeah, we, we get asked this question um, a lot. There's nothing clear Um I mean, I, I was very fortunate, very fortunate that I had Sam with me um, to coach me through it. Uh, she, she's not here, so I can say um, she, I've invested in world-class coaches throughout the five and a half years. She is the best uh, I've had. Um, I mean, I don't invest in her, but you get what I'm saying. Um, and whenever I was tempted to go off path or off piece to, to either for financial reasons, usually yeah. um, she would, we would have a conversation and she would coach me into understanding actually that probably isn't the right thing to do. That a, a good example is we had, um, we, uh, we had no money in the bank and we got invited out to a two and a half million pound home. And obviously we were extremely giddy. Um, mm -hmm. And the owner said, yeah, we want to go with you, but also want to go with Savills at the same time. Now, previously, we've, we made a decision that we weren't going to join. That was it. That was our decision. No joints. And now we're offered this 
um, two and a half million pound home. And not only that, it didn't matter who sold it. It was 25,000 each. And obviously I was all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and event, as Sam was pushing against it, we eventually made the decision that I, was, I disagreed with that we would say no to it. And um, at the time I struggled to understand it. It was 25,000 pounds or nothing in the bank. Yeah. Um, and the guy sold it in two days to a buyer that we were showing to other homes, um, which was infuriating. But what it meant is that whenever we got asked in the future, whether we would join with someone, the answer is no, we don't do it. And we can, we can, we could say that authentically. No one could ever say, well, you did it this time. Or yeah. Yeah. And um, discipline is something I'm I'm massive on. Discipline in terms of what I eat, how many times I run, how many letters goes out, our fee. Discipline throughout my life is is, um, how I work because I'm an all or nothing guy. I've I've got a a very um, uh, obsessive personality. So I need need to either do it or don't do it. And um, our team now all know and everyone knows we don't join. And that set us on a really good good path going forward. Non-negotiable discipline, basically. Exactly, yeah. Love that. Um, right, uh, I'm going to sneak two questions in in one here. Uh, and this could be estate agency or non-estate agency related. Um, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. I want to know what's the best piece of marketing you think you've ever seen and the best piece of service you've ever experienced? Because I know you're big on both of those. Yeah, Um Best piece of marketing. Um, you can say your own as well if you want to blow your own trumpet. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything that, that pops into my head. Um, on experience, I would say it's crazy. Have you ever, um, I, I treated myself to a um, business class flight earlier this year, um, second one actually. And um, I don't know if you've done it, but the difference between economy and business is ridiculous really I, i'm not sure how they get away with it um so i'd say that in the emirates business class is probably the best experience um i've had in terms of the language that the, they use they never use words like uh, or sayings like no problem or yeah yeah um, it's all positive language um they were always they were there the right amount of times you know you get some people that are there too many too often and they're not there but they always seem to be around when you need them um yeah i can probably i can give you a lot more examples of bad experiences <laughs> than good um marketing wise uh i can't think of anything so i'm gonna to have to say something that uh, that we did um uh, we the lifestyle movie for a home called ballet is probably the the thing we're most proud of as, as a company it's um, many agents do videos and, and they're all great, but we, we tried to make put a different stance in it and tell a story and almost like a mini movie. Right. And there was a home on the lake and we went over, spent two days there and um, filmed. The, the story was that um, me and my on-screen wife, Julie, um, brought the kids to the grandparents and then we played hide and seek in the house to show the house. Um, we went down to the lake and did some canoeing. We took the dog for a walk. We had... Um, a tapas as the sun was going down um, and all of this and it was in three minutes the three and a half minute um, like mini film and that we, we did sell the house and the bias it was because of the video I, I don't believe it was I think we just sold it anyway 
but what it did for us locally in terms of a PR point of view and a brand awareness point of view and, a, and everything else uh, was really powerful. And it was about £3,000 investment plus two days. So it's not cheap, but um, we've always got that on our website as an example yeah, yeah. of how we do things different. Um, I'm, a lot of agents say they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a well-known thing. And, and actually saying it is totally pointless it's white noise you've got to show how you're different and uh, that's one of our differentials we, we can show so that's something that we're, that we're proud of um we we did start filming the christmas advert last year and got cancelled because of covid so hopefully we'll go back to this this year um yeah we'd like to to have a, a really cool christmas advert in, in a house that we're about to launch on boxing day that, that's the the plan going forward um but yeah that's that's the only thing i think of if you did ask me to prep i might have come up with a better answer i don't i don't i don't give anyone prep because i want i want original authentic answers um where it's 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 not scripted and that and it's 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 great to hear where you came from like on the um british airways like using words uh like no worries or no problem like you're welcome or my pleasure like positive language it's more negative words in english dictionary when it's positive and uh yeah i'm a i'm a big big believer on language right i'm gonna be cheeky can i throw in one last question yeah. very quickly right okay to end this podcast want to uh, listen to go away uh feel, feeling more motivated than they already are from the goal that you drop phil but uh what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given good question um Best piece of advice. Um, Well, it's got to be to open your own business. It's probably the the (laughs) one thing that has got me to where, where I am now. Uh, I mean, there are nuggets along the way. And in terms of industry advice, it would be to never, ever, ever drop your fee, um, which I know is difficult. And uh, I feel like I've been quite harsh on the industry during this podcast. It is an amazing industry. It frustrates me that people don't get paid as much as they should do. Mm, yeah. That's where um, the, the frustration comes from. And and I would love people to start acting more as business owners than, than estate agents. And that I get that's a process. And it's a process we go through in, in Mastermind. Um but yeah, the, the day that we agree to open the business is probably the most, or oh, have I kids? I can't say that. I'm going to lie. Is Mrs. Uh, Jones or the kids going to listen? You never know. That's <laughs> I can't take. Um, yeah, it's one of the most important days of my life without, without doubt and has, has, um, has changed my life and my family's life forever, which, um, yeah, I'm extremely proud of. Amazing. Brilliant. I think that's a, a great point to end on. So Phil, uh, once again, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. I'm sure the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of it. So thanks, Phil. Pleasure. Thank you.